0: is the last um, of the series, Uncomfortable. And um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about or think about comfortable Christianity. And and what what do I mean by that? And what are some of the things that, that God's Word is challenging us as, as Christians in our comfortable uh, Christianity? Um, just to... To, to wrap up where we've been so far, so the first Sunday we talked about embracing discomfort and what does that look like. On the second Sunday we talked about the uncomfortable cross and what does it mean to pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus. On the Sunday of the Covenant we, uh, we talked about the uncomfortable people. Can we have the next slide please, Mark, because it kind of wraps up. Um, and what 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 does it mean to be a people that that, that we 're part of god 's family, but there is diversity and how do we, how do we acknowledge this uncomfortable unity and how do we then move on from just being complacent to, to something that god has has for us that 's supernatural that, that, that Ruth reminded us earlier on and today we 're going to be thinking a little bit about Comfortable Christianity. Um, if, if you were to Google uh, just the phrase Comfortable Christianity, there is going to be coming a lot of um, documents and a lot of PDFs and a lot of websites that deal with this. I thought this morning it would be good for us to be reminded a little bit about the teaching on the uh, Sermon on the Mount... So if I could have a volunteer, could somebody read for us Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 16, please? Uh, we're going to be looking only at verses 13 to 16, but we cannot talk about salt and light and not mention the Beatitudes. So uh, let, let's, do, let's do a favor to, to God's word by, by allowing the whole context uh, speak to us. Um. Volunteers for Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 16? No volunteers? Oh, sorry. Did somebody else say? I didn't see that. Sorry. So, starting at verse 1.
1: that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. Thank you.
0: May God's name be blessed through the public reading of his words. So our main focus, as I said, is going to be verses 13 to 16. And I know that they are very popular verses. I know that we've talked about being salt and light all our Christian lives. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with coming back to this when we talk about Christianity. And can I be more, a little bit more specific about Western Christianity? Um, and what that means is that the church in the West has got um, a different understanding of how we live as disciples because of what the cultures and because of the environment and because of the... The, the, the cultures and the setups that we live in. And sometimes we've come to that place of being complacent. As I finished with the last sermon. And I, think, I think it's important that as a church in the West we, we, we talk about this. And not only talk, because I've been in so many places that we have talked about this. And when it comes to, to, to taking it in action, it's, that's, that's when the rubber hits the road. And that's when it becomes tough. So, if I, I've been looking this week in Google, and um, there have been some uh, strong, I would say, descriptions or adjectives used for the Western uh, Christianity, and I wanted to share them with you, just to uh, just to cause some some offence here, because it, it it's caused me to offend as well. So. There is there is articles that say that uh, Western Christianity is, is, is a convenient religion. You you kind of it's convenient for you to go to church, and therefore it's part of identity. It's part of culture. You've always been part of this. It's good. We've always been a Christian country with Christian values and so forth. So it's it it's convenient. Um, some some um, kind of crit crit well critics of the of christianity said that uh, christianity is a very the western christianity is a stingy so it's very inward looking so this stinginess doesn't have anything to do with the financial because i think the the the, the, the other side of it is that it's it's moved into very charitable very outward looking but it's very stingy in its in its understanding it's very uh, confined and stuff. Some of them have said it's useless because if it's just a matter of having a, a as a label, as a as a religious label, then it doesn't have any impact. doesn't doesn't do anything. It's useless. It's 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 just exists in that sense. Um, some of them have said um, that actually it is invisible. So as much as as the, the, the Western church or churches in particular try to make a difference it's, 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 that difference is, is really minimal and sometimes uh, the, the difference is being tried to be done in the wrong way so it's, it's invisible it Doesn't and then careless so sometimes um, it gives the vibes that we, we care only for for, and I said we but that, 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 that there is this, this kind of inward looking again that there, there is no engagement with, with a broken world out there. So, I mean, again, I, I don't agree with all those adjectives, but I, I see that there is some truth or there is some, some things that they're trying to, to, to achieve. And if I said it has really uh, upset me, but at the same time it has given me some opportunity to say, well, what are we going to do then with these adjectives? So, I went to, to, to this um, passage of salt and light because I think, well, actually, the idea of salt and light, when Jesus is, is teaching his disciples, doesn't, doesn't, well, it covers the opposite of these things, actually. If you look at the commentators about the idea of salt, they all agree that there were three purposes of using salt in the Roman world. One was for purity. The other one was for preservation. And the third purpose was for flavor. And somehow, we, we're still stuck to that usage of salt in these days. And in the Roman world, it was very, very big, um, thing to, 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 to be owner of salt and to, to possess salt. Uh, actually Roman soldiers were paid by salt. Hence we've got the word salary. I learned it this week. I didn't know that. But that's how important it was. But let's go back to, to, to the usage of, of, of the term salt and, and how how kind of it it affects what 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 the descriptions are there. So, when, when Jesus is asking his disciples and he's saying, you are the salt and the light of the world, he's, he's charging them, he's giving them the opportunity to make a difference. He's, he's encouraging, he's empowering them that actually with their message, They're not going to be convenient. They're going to be inconvenient. Have you seen Jesus' ministry in the New Testament? It was inconvenient for for a Pharisee to to encounter Jesus because Jesus would challenge the status quo. It was inconvenient for a normal person to to encounter Jesus because Jesus would ask him or her to do something in order to follow him. Stingy, useless, invisible, careless. Well, none of these are true if the analogy of the salt, or if this illustration of the salt remains as strong as Jesus wants to make. So, Jesus is saying if the salt use, loses its saltiness, what's the purpose for it? Well, in England, we have found the fourth purpose. For the, for the salt that uses its saltiness. We use it to grit the roads. But if the main purpose was for purity, preservation, or for, what was the third one? Flavor. I'm Mediterranean, I forgot that. <laughs> the flavor. Then, then what, is it, what is it wrong? What's wrong with this? And even, even with the light, when Jesus is saying to the disciples, you are the light of the world, it's, it's an impact. And we, we, we don't have to go far just tonight. If you go into a dark room and you switch on the light and the impact. And that's why light and dark cannot stay together. Because where there is light, there is no darkness. So Jesus is, is kind of giving these guys the vibe that actually... To have this kind of impact, whether you are a salt or a light, is not going to be comfortable. Because if you're going to be the church that God has envisioned you to be, if we are going to be the church that God has going to, to envision us to be, the impact that we have for our community is not comfortable So we need to to ask God to rescue us from our ideas of a comfortable Christianity. I think we we fail when we preach also the comfortable gospel. When we say to people that if you come to Jesus, everything is going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. Yes, Jesus wants to restore your life. Yes, Jesus wants to bring you and give you new life. But not everything is going to be okay. And there is a costly price of being salt and lights. It's a costly price that somehow we need to get it part, not only of our thinking and, and our conversations, but we are paying a cost of being salt and light. So, so what does it mean then for us tomorrow when we get on the train or when we get on the car or we go to the office or when we look after our grandchildren or we look after our spouse? What does it mean for us to be salt and light? I just want you to, 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 to be thinking about a situation that you're going to go in this week where you think being salt and light... It's not worth the hassle. Or, to say it a little bit more cheeky, being the salt and light that Jesus is expecting his disciples to be, it's so hard that I am to the point of not being salt Perhaps we don't have to be that that impressive to just make it only for this week. But what is it, one situation, you think, God, you want me to be salt and light. But it's so hard that not being salt and light, it's the easiest option. We have been on a journey as a church talking about the way that we do our weekly activities, the way that we do mission. And we've, we've said that actually we want to, to have that salt and light impact. And again, with the expectation that God is at work in our midst, with the expectation that lives are being transformed. I was having a phone call conversation with somebody this week, and he said to me that his life is messed up and he has tried everything and he hasn't got anything that, that could, he could latch on in order for him to, to have a solution. And it was very easy for, for me to listen and say, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And then I thought, well, but... If he has run out of all these options, what about Jesus? So I said to him, such and such, I'm really sorry you've had a rough ride. I cannot identify with any of those things that you've gone through. I cannot help you. But I know somebody who's helped me. And perhaps... Now is the time for you to endorse Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not trying to to, to sell something that is, you know, fairy and flowery and all those things. But actually, I cannot change anybody's life. But I know that there is someone that can change somebody's life. Because I've seen him change my life. So when Jesus is asking people to be salt and light, he's not asking for just the name "salt light" label. When he's asking his disciples, is that he is expecting that there is that impact that is bringing people to this transformational life giver, Jesus Christ? Where do you draw your saltiness from? Where do you draw your source of life and light from? Now, I don't want to be cliche that, and say a sentence here, but what I'm saying here now is I mean it. That if your saltiness and your light is not resourced in Jesus, if my saltiness and my light is not resourced in Jesus, then I'm drawing from the wrong source. And that wrong source is going to be really telling me that actually it is convenient. It is okay. It's all right. Whereas we know that comfortable Christianity is a fairy tale. The notion of a comfortable Christianity is a fairy tale. Because we know that when Jesus is making his disciples, when Jesus is, chain, is asking the church to be God's instrument on earth, this is costly. And that's why we go back to the idea of the Western Christianity, because where is the church growing? It's growing in the places that the discipleship is costly. Who would have thought that 10 years ago, the biggest church growing movement would have been in China? Nobody. But it's costly. It's inconvenient. It's underground most of the time. It's secretive. Because it's costly. It's generous. It's engaged. It's, it's having their eyes open. With saying with opportunities to... To, to be salt and to be light. And that's why I go back to the question. Where does God want you to be salt and light tomorrow? Where does, one, where does he want you to engage to be visible and to be uncomfortable? I know where it is this week. One of the areas where God has challenged me the last two weeks to be salt and light is with my own family. The way that I treat Ruth, the way that I deal with my girls. And I've got this this burden, the last three weeks, big burden, that I am not doing a good job of being salt and light with my family. What does God want you to be salt and light this week? When I say that, that I, I'm not saying just to be a victim here. I'm just saying this is my area that I'm struggling. Because I know that that's what God expects me to do. Because I'm his disciple. Otherwise, if I lose my saltiness and if I lose my light, what's the point? So with a series of Uncomfortable, I'll bring it to an end now. This has been more of an opportunity to encourage Cairns Road, to encourage myself, to continue with faithfulness in our journey of discipleship. Which as much as the culture and the society and everything around us wants to make it, consumerist approach, comfortable convenience. The reality of the matter of being a disciple of Jesus, it is uncomfortable. But we need not to forget that in this journey of being uncomfortable, we are on our own. And that's what I forget. And I try to do it on my own strength. We need to remember, and that's why we've got the communion. We need to remember that unless my salt and my light is resourced in the Lord Jesus, I'm hopeless. So what are we going to do with our comfortable Christianity? And how are we going to embrace our uncomfortable discipleship? Whatever comes our way, We say, Lord, we trust you. And yet today, as much as it's difficult, I'll choose to follow Christ. Lord, have mercy. Let's pray together. So here we are, Father God. Knowing that you are the father of every comfort. That's what your word says. And yet I'm talking about discomfort and uncomfortable Christianity. But thank you, Jesus, that you call us to be your followers. Thank you that you urge us to be light, to be salt, to have impact, to bring people closer to a relationship with a living And life-giving, Lord. And as we go, Lord, into the week, I pray that the places and the challenges where you want us to be salt and light, that we will not chicken out, will not use excuses. But you, through the power of your Spirit, will give us the strength that we... Intentionally go to Jesus and draw from your saltiness and from your source of light. Help us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord. Restore us and give us that fresh experience of salt and light. For your glory's sake. Amen.